Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon and buy our official merchandise on Redbubble. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps Prelude Haogang Singapore Jonathan shifts awkwardly as I place my recorder on the table. Around us are the sights, sounds and scents of his neighbourhood hawker centre, an almost uniquely Singaporean eatery. Weekly lit signs illuminate all kinds of people from around the area. Middle-aged men and women yell out orders in a variety of languages, shouting over the tinkling of metal teaspoons against glass cups and the scuffing of utensils against the walks almost as old as the hawker centre itself. The smell of prata, noodles, rice and so many other types of oily food waft through the air, mixed with the fumes of passing cars. Normally, all of this would bring a certain nostalgic comfort to any resident of the island city-state. Jonathan, however, continues to fidget, even as he sips from his cup of ginger tea. He looks like he hasn't had a full night's sleep in years. His skin is wrinkly, more so than anyone's in their late forties should be. His eyes dart back and forth, seemingly looking out for some unseen danger that's waiting for the right moment to strike. He'd already looked paranoid, even if he wasn't in a country known for its low crime rates. But there's another thing that Singapore is known for. It's ghost stories. I ask Jonathan if he's sure he wants to do this. He nods, hesitantly. He asks if I do this often, collect accounts of the supernatural specific to Southeast Asian countries, cities, and neighborhoods. I return a nod. He pauses for a moment, then asks why I do this. This time, I respond with silence instead, not wanting to delve too deeply into the details of what I do. He's scared enough as it is already. Instead, I switch the recorder on and ask him to start his story from the beginning. Jonathan grew up in Haugang, in the northeast part of Singapore, 
and has stayed around the neighborhood for all his life. He tells me that things were different back when he was a kid in the late 70s. He assures me that he's not saying this out of some sense of longing for a rose-tinted past. These days, kids just prefer to stay home and play video games or spend hours going down their social media rabbit holes. But back in the late 70s though, all him and his friends ever wanted to do was play soccer in the fields surrounding the government-built apartment blocks. And with more and more of those blocks going up every day, there was a weird, unspoken sense of inevitability that filled the air, Jonathan tells me. It felt like the world that him and his friends knew was going away. No one said anything, of course. They were all still kids then, and these were the kinds of things that they couldn't articulate at the time. Not in words, anyway. Instead, they played soccer like every day was the only day that mattered. Whole afternoons after school was spent running through uncut grass. By day's end, their once pristinely white school shoes would be caked thoroughly with mud as they spent hours dashing from one end of the field to the other, hoping to score the winning goal between the soda bottles that they'd set up as makeshift goalposts. All around them, the giant blocks, those harbingers of a changing future, loomed over them. But hidden within these blocks, some elements of Singapore's past refused to die. It was a Wednesday afternoon. Jonathan recalls clearly. His voice suddenly focused, his fidgeting dying down. Sivam, his childhood best friend, had kicked the ball a little too hard. He had shot out of the field and rolled into the ground floor common area of one of the neighboring apartment buildings. Jonathan was closest to the building, so he yelled that he'd get it, waving to his other friends as he dashed towards the block. As he reached the common area, however, he realized that he couldn't spot the ball anywhere. He looked around and around until even the field was out of sight. And that's when he heard what sounded like a woman calling out to him in a sing-song tone. Boy. Her voice was a weird mix of motherly and menacing. The sweet comfort of care somehow laced with something far more sinister. Boy. She called out again. Jonathan looked around the common area, 
but didn't see anyone else. He answered with a hesitant, Hello? Manchari bola kao? The woman said. Are you looking for your ball? Y- yes, said Jonathan, still looking around. Suddenly, he heard a ball bouncing against the cold concrete of the apartment block. But it sounded wrong. Almost as if someone had taken the sound and distorted it slightly. He spun around to see the ball bouncing, seemingly by itself, up a flight of stairs, just a couple of feet away. He ran towards the stairs, just in time to see the ball disappear around a corner at the top of that flight. Marisini, came the woman's voice from around the corner. Come here. From where her voice emanated, an arm slowly appeared. Coffee brown and smooth, the arm seemed to belong to a woman in her twenties. Her nails were manicured and painted blood red. With her long, slim fingers, she gestured Jonathan towards her. He tells me that he knew that he shouldn't go to her, that something was clearly not right about this whole situation. But the sing-song tone of her voice compelled him. He took a step up. Once more, almost a whisper now, she called out to him. Her arm seemed to sneak around the corner and down the flight of stairs, too far for any normal person to have stretched. Jonathan tried to turn away. He felt tears well up in his eyes. He tried to protest, tried to fight the pull, but all he could hear was that sing-song call in his head until he felt someone grab him from behind. I've been calling you since just now. You defer. It was Sivam. Jonathan turned back to the flight of stairs. Nothing, except what looked like an old woman's gnarled fingers disappearing around the corner. Jonathan heard that there was a spate of what most people thought were kidnappings around that time. Children disappearing mysteriously. Some rumours claimed that the children's bones were used as the foundations for the then under construction Benjamin Shears Bridge. But Jonathan knows the truth. While other cultures have their bridge trolls, we have this. He starts fidgeting again. They, he tells me, have always been there. And they are not happy with how far we've come from those simpler times. <laughs>
I don't tell him. That's precisely why I do what I do. Why I chart to supernatural. By country, by city, and by neighborhood. I'm painting a clearer picture of what's going on in our world. And the world beyond the veil of the ordinary. I'm creating my ghost maps. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media at We Are Hantu. You can also buy official merchandise on Redbubble and be one of our supporters on Patreon. Ghost Maps is recorded on Audio Technica mics. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.